There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered up all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And as he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. Hmm. Of course, this is the start of the story of the prodigal son recorded in Luke 15. Jesus told of this father and his two sons to people who were trying to figure him out. Jesus was advertised as their long-awaited Messiah. In many ways, if not all ways, Jesus was doing exactly what the Messiah was predicted to do. He gave sight to the blind. He proclaimed good news to the poor and ushered in a year of the Lord's favor as predicted by the prophet Isaiah. The miraculous feeding of thousands with a few loaves and two fish, the casting out of demons, and all of the miracles bore a clear witness that this man, Jesus, was who he claimed to be, their long-awaited Messiah. But the religious leaders of the day had one main objection with Jesus, and, and he was a little too friendly and welcoming to those who were not trying to be religious at all. Jesus was doing everything that they expected the Messiah would do, and yet he embraced the outcasts and he ate with sinners. The contradiction of the holiness of God and the welcome to the profane was too much to bear for those who were actually trying to be good and do what God had commanded. After all, had they not as a people been expelled from their Jewish homeland just a few centuries before because they had forsaken God and run away from Him? Had not God punished them severely? because of their rebellion, and now he's all smiles and hugs for the sinner? Please explain this to me, Jesus." <laughs> so Jesus told the story of a father who had the two sons. Yes, the first left in rebellion and was dead to the father. That particular son's cold heart of contempt, that just wanted his father's wealth and not his dad, was indeed lost to the family. He may never return. Yes, the Jewish people had rebelled against their God, and they were dead to Him and forced to live in exile. Their hearts were calloused and hardened, but that is not how the Father in Heaven's heart beat for those who had rejected Him. Oh no, He still loved His wayward children and longed for the return but love, by its very nature, cannot be forced upon another. Love can only be freely given if it is to remain love. And so the father waited for a day that may never come, but he never stopped loving. He waited, he hoped, and he watched. And when the rebellious son returned home, knowing that, of course, he could no longer deserve to be called a son, 
in his rags and poverty and his filth that covered him from head to toe, yet he was received by his dad. Oh, and there was no lecture, no shameful scolding, well, look who finally showed back up. Oh, no. No penance to perform to earn a slave's wage of acceptance from the master. No. A father's hug, a kiss from his dad, a a family ring, a party for everyone, a joyful cry out to the neighbors, my son who was dead is now alive. Jesus told this story so that we might know in our own hearts that God never stops loving his children. He loves them enough to allow them to leave in rebellion and with a love that endures through rejection. And when his lost children or child appears again before his face, they find an embrace, a kiss, a ring, and a cry for a party. Oh yeah, Jesus said there is so much joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. But why? They don't deserve it. What kind of love just overlooks evil and forgets sin? That's what the older brother in the story from Luke 15 wondered in his heart. And that's exactly what the religious leaders who saw Jesus welcoming sinners wondered in their hearts. In fact, we all have an an accounting system of good and bad and who is deserving and who isn't. But such accounting never calculates all of the data but hand-selects and cherry-picks the very best performances and ignores the rest. Whereas God's accounting does not overlook any transgression. He does not simply smile at our sin, but in His true love, He demands a full reckoning, only not of us. If we are going to understand who the Messiah is and why He welcomes sinners, it will only come into full focus on the cross. God isn't mad that we have done sinful actions or that we have broken His law. No, the balance of justice that demands an accounting is that we have rejected Him. And Jesus, the Messiah, has answered for our rejection of God. The cross is the place where the justice of God and the mercy of God are fully vented and freely given. Jesus, the only begotten Son, is the Son who makes right what we, the prodigal Son, have ruined. He has received the full wrath of love's rejection and restores us to God the Father. Jesus welcomes sinners, all of us, in hopes that His hospitality might give birth to love in us by the Holy Spirit, that He might take us with Him into His death on the cross and be raised with Him in His resurrection. That's at least how St. Paul explained explained this all that has happened in your baptism in Romans chapter 6. And so forgiven, loved, welcomed, renewed, with a ring, with, a, with clean clothes, a hug, a kiss, and a cry out to the neighbors, My son who is dead is now alive. You are that son. You are that daughter in Jesus. Did you notice that the father kisses the son? Yeah, some dads are like that, right? True, but the father kissed the son 
the renewed relationship was more than words, but heart to heart with nothing held back. You are loved with nothing held back from God. Jesus has thoroughly restored the relationship. You are at peace with God. And this love begets love. And from this love and the Holy Spirit who lives in you, you turn from evil and put to death the old way of life. You crucify the sinful nature and live according to the Spirit, not because you have to, but because you want to for love's sake, because you love the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in return. And so may our Lord bless you as you live in His family this day. I hope to see you then, all of you, in Bible study and worship this weekend. I will be preaching on a very interesting uh, interaction between Jesus and the religious leaders called the Sadducees. This particular group did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. So we'll find out what Jesus has to say about all that. See you all this weekend.